0: Our guest today is a comedian, actor, DJ, musician, promoter, activist, and drag queen. And slut. (laughs) Who should be known by anyone who claims to be a fan of drag. She made it big in the late 80s and 90s in New York City drag scene founding your own festival called Wigstock. I am happy to have with me today the wonderful Lady Bunny. Hello.
1: Hi, everyone out there.
0: All right. So let's start from the, the near beginning. So you started your career in Atlanta, eventually moving to New York City. What made you make the move initially, and how different were the Atlanta and New York City drag scenes?
1: Uh, Atlanta, well, RuPaul and I were you know, like club kids. We go-go dance for a rock band called the Now Explosion, kind of like a rock, funk, synth band, loosely modeled on the B-52s, but a little bit funkier. Mm-hmm. And um, so we were kind of like their roadies, not roadies because we didn't do anything technical. They wouldn't trust our drunk asses to do anything <laughs> technical. But they, um, you know, we would go-go dance to pep up the crowd and just be there as, you know, extra, you know, color. So... Rue and I and the other people on our scene were the outcasts and the, the ruling divas of the day were very polished pageant queens who did very, you know, I mean, they would do dance numbers or Jennifer Holiday lip sync or or, you know, celebrity impersonation as Cher or Tina Turner. Um, but it was—it could be very stiff. It could be very maudlin, like Melissa Manchester mm-hmm. lip syncs in a butterfly sequin top. So it wasn't fresh and it wasn't interesting. I'm not saying that it wasn't great because I worship some of those girls. And two of the divas from back they called me for my recent birthday. Aww. One's been performing since 1969. And the wow. others, the, the, the Dina Jacobs, and the others since 1971, Apple Love. I mean, this is just outrageous.
0: Awesome. Okay. Someone needs
1: to do a documentary about them, but they're going to be here forever.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, who knows? There's been plenty of drag documentaries come out recently. Uh, really? Uh, <laughs> s- s- well, I-, I would say- I didn't s- catch any. Some more than recently. Uh, the Cherry Pop? <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, the Brooklyn- dra- Hurricane Bianca? <laughs> kidding. <laughs>
1: Hurricane Bianca 2. <laughs>
0: Uh, there's a a, a a drag collective in Brooklyn called Switch and Play that actually got their own uh, documentary recently. So hopefully that leads to maybe more. Okay, I didn't see that, but I will check it out. What's it called? Uh, I think it's just called like Switch and Play documentary. It's only playing like festivals so far, so it'll... they didn't
1: clear the music. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll see.
1: Uh, um... Wait, these are men who wear women's clothes, and they call it drag? This is disgusting. (laughs) I'm a Christian. What kind of a radio show is this?
0: Uh, Speaking on your Christian-like manner, uh, you've talked in the past how you like to push buttons and you don't mind offending people with your comedy. Nonetheless, Are there any things you avoid talking about or talk about differently than you would have talked about in the past?
1: We're not supposed to say retarded anymore, so I do now say vaccinated. (laughs) Just kidding. I think if it makes us laugh, there's something funny about it. And I think we should suspend our righteousness with humor because I'm not one of these people I'm one of these people that thinks, you know, as me too showed, we need to listen to women. Yeah. We don't know what they go through, mm-hmm. um, you know, with term in terms of sexual harassment and how widespread it is and how it can happen from a family member, never go reported, lead to great, you know, episodes of shame yeah. and PTSD even. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we do need to 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 listen to that. But I don't agree that making jokes about rape lead to rape yeah. in the same that I don't believe that trans people who I've lived my life with and worked with you know for decades are some precious unicorn yeah we can that as someone who do, does feel that they're equal mm-hmm. I know yeah. that they love to be included in humor mm-hmm. <laughs> you know they're they're resilient people yeah. they're 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 you know survivors
0: yeah You've appeared in an assortment of films and television shows, as well as having put on your own solo shows. Have you ever been one to care about critical reception of your work, or do you not really care?
1: Well, critical positive critical reception sells tickets, especially if it's in a large publication for people who may not otherwise know your work. So when I did a show called Trans Jester, mm-hmm. which was, you know, th- thought of as, oh my god, is Bunny going there? It's like, trans means cross. Yeah. Transportation? Yeah. <laughs> I am a transvestite. Yeah. So you, if you're in the mindset of, ooh, Bunny's bashing trans people with the title of her show, mm-hmm. you've missed it. Yeah. You've missed the whole, the, the whole point. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the New Yorker did a big you know, review of it that was positive and, you know, it definitely, you know, sold tickets. So, you know, you it, every performer wants that because you can run around thinking, oh, <laughs> the greatest thing since sliced bread or, oh, I suck, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. But when someone who is not on your team, you know, takes the time to, to do a well thought out yeah. critique, review, whatever. Other times you can really learn from a review that's bad Mm-hmm. I mean, you can say them or you can actually say, well, yeah. I wanted to get reviewed. I got reviewed.
0: Got <laughs> <laughs> so uh, another thing that I mentioned that you do is that you DJ. So what is a song or artist that you can't ever exclude from a DJ set?
1: I love Lizzo, Good As Hell. It's such a feel good song. It's it's classic R&B uh, and it's, you know, so much of the R&B artists, Beyonce, for example, that we hear, they're not even really like an in an R&B yeah. format. There's kind of like a, a chant with a heavy beat, mm-hmm. but the, the melodies can be quite syrupy. Really not very, mm-hmm. you know, soulful at all.
0: So, um, and it's straight up R&B. Are there any things that you were playing back in like the 80s and 90s that you still like can't live without playing?
1: Hot Shot by Karen Young, which is in the Whig movie. I'm glad about that. Um, it's just a panic. And that song is, is most representative, perhaps, of disco when it was something that mainly Black, Latino, and gay people enjoyed because they weren't going to be fans of kiss, mm-hmm. you know, I yeah. want to rock and roll. Oh, boom, boom, boom. boom. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very like stiff and mm-hmm. steady and something for you to pump your fist for instead of like, boom, boom. I mean, that's moving your hips, your arms, throwing your head. That's drama. So, um, hot shots, a good example of that. I mean, I love house music. Um, you know, the greats, Barbara Tucker, Ultranate, Anaya Day, all those girls were at Crystal Waters.
0: Of all the different things you've ever done and put together, what did you find the most difficult in a while? This interview. <laughs> Besides this interview.
1: Well, it was putting together Wigstock. Um it was battling community boards, battling the city for permits. It was like fifty dollar permit to get the park, all the other stuff, the insurance and, and whatever. So it's 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 a. Uh...
0: That was extremely difficult. When you brought it back in 2018, was it just as difficult?
1: Yeah, it was. It was. And and, and moving forward, I mean, we didn't have a wig festival this year. I mean... I'm not sure we can, that Wigstock, without the help of HBO, <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris, David Burka, the other producers, is going to be able to nab a, a three-figure, um, you know, uh, a site for it. Mm-hmm. You know, it made a beautiful backdrop for the movie, but, um, you know, I, I don't. I, I can't imagine what the tickets would cost. Yeah, if if you know, Wicked or, or or the ticket buyers had to foot that bill. I mean, it was a beautiful venue where Diana Ross and mm-hmm. Gladys Knight were performing later that month.
0: Have you had your "I've made it" moment yet?
1: No, I've had peaks and valleys, but I'm still working. Uh, still doing. You know, I'm not bored mm-hmm. usually because I'm doing everything from touring with the Drag Race girls to DJing at the basement of the Monster mm-hmm. to, you know, doing gay pride events. Just got off a cruise, performed at some bear weekend, mm-hmm. working on a song or two of original music. So I I, I really do. Uh, I still um, enjoy it. So I think. Rather than making it at a a point where you're a household name, to continue having something that people like enough to pay for, Mm -hmm. for decades, is making it.
0: You actually mentioned that you've had peaks and valleys. And in regards to valleys, have you ever had a point in your career where you thought about quitting drag?
1: No. No, never.
0: I think one thing that ties all performers together, whether comedians, drag queens, musicians, is bombing. What's the worst you've ever bombed, if you have, and what did you take away from the experience?
1: There was a dance song called Call Me Mr. Telephone. Well, in an early attempt to parody lyrics, we turned that into Call Me Mr. Unicorn because <laughs> there was a unicorn in the newspapers every day because Ringling Brothers Circus had a unicorn. Honey, this was a fucking goat. Mm-hmm. Or, or or a horse with a goat's horn grafted onto, and it's like every day there were photos of the unicorn, and it's it's the people, the hippies that had raised it lived in a Mongolian yurt, and it was like, <laughs> I mean, for me to even even know that, I mean, it was so insane. We actually had pastry chefs pudding or frosting bags, which were covered, which were filled with chocolate, so that we could do a little unicorn pooping. Dance segmented. I mean, my God, I'm glad they didn't have cell phones. <laughs>
0: Honey. Busted. That was beating me more offensive than anything. There are so many different clubs to be found, not only in New York City, but all around the world. As a person who has been to clubs all around the world and it has been a part of club culture for so many years, what makes a club stand out for you nowadays?
1: I DJed and performed at a club last night at Dreamland on top of a hotel. Mm-hmm. And um, not really promoting it because that was the last one of the summer. <laughs> it's the first time I've ever been there. But Frankie Sharp does it. And it was a very young, wild crowd that was like going nuts, twerking. So clearly full club and energetic into the music because a lot of people don't dance. And actually, Rue had a talk show and uh, like a trial thing recently. And one of the things I thought he asked was really interesting, that what's wrong with a society that stopped dancing? Because mm-hmm. I tell you, gay people may not need to find their community and and be a little bit more in the closet because of acceptance increase, mm-hmm. but being with your tribe and bonding over Diana Ross, Whitney Houston, Madonna, you know, you name it, on the dance floor with your people, that was very important when you couldn't run around and queen out and Vogue, yeah, in 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 straight you know venues although we did do it in mixed venues we didn't know, please don't let me start, try to say i'm voguing the international house of pancakes yeah chins, chins, <laughs> chins across the board
0: <laughs> um yeah you've talked about how like i think one of the things that contributes to that is just people are so often on their phones and clubs and i i think that's definitely one of the reasons i think people are so concerned with how they look on like to the world at large that they're afraid of looking like goofy and dorky and like letting loose
1: we used to throw our coats down and run to the dance floor and get our friends to go get drinks we didn't even drink i mean the hands were f***ing up i didn't say we weren't on ecstasy but that's (laughs) some pretty piano and martha wash was singing uh my god that was like that was a joyous time and and so maybe we're more ready to dispense with the community now that there's not that community. And I'm never going to suggest that that community has not been busted for not being inclusive, being, you know, gay, male, Mm -hmm. and sometimes racist. Yeah, You know, it has. And uh, even at clubs that are operating today.
0: What do you dislike most
1: about the drag scene today? It's repetitive. It's it's, um, shallow. I saw some drag queens... You know, being interviewed around you know World Pride in New York, and I'm just like, what? What do you think that that means? To just say, hashtag love is love. You know, I'm tired of of, of people who, and and this is considered activism. Yeah. Well, that's that's a, that's just a sheep bleeding out something that makes no sense. I mean, what? What? I mean, not saying it doesn't make sense, but it's like, what? What are your demands? Mm-hmm. Who are you making them of? Yeah. When did you make them? You didn't. Mm-hmm. You said #hashtag love is love, and that's it.
0: Mm-hmm. So, who excites you most, or what drag scenes are exciting you most nowadays?
1: Well, there's a there's a lot of drag queens in Provincetown. Mm-hmm. Dina Martina is surreal and sublime. Varla Jean Merman, I hear her show was incredible, in Provincetown she'll be touring with it, but she's like you know like a, a a full character. There's Drag Race girls, uh, Raja, yeah. Trixie sometimes, not last, name. uh, Milk. T- Tammy Milk, mm-hmm. and um, apart from Drag Race, Provincetown's always had its stars, you know, Varla, Jimmy James. Uh, Chris Francis who passed away an incredible uh, comedian I'll steal one of his jokes now that he's dead he was good with audience work Mm -hmm. and he'd ask females in the audience do you like big dicks and they'd be drunk and say yeah he would say well they have to fit right Rest in peace, Chris Prince. But Town had its own group of people. Chris wasn't drag, but girl, he was. They were kind of stars themselves because of what they performed. So I'm seeing a lot of people who get the, the, from Drag Race, who get the exposure of stars because they've been on TV. But an hour with them is not really going to be too good. Yeah. Because they really may not even have 15 minutes. What makes a good performance for you? Well, I just saw Latrice Royale's Here's to Life, and yeah. it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's, you know, sings fine, you know, uh, expressive, and she holds a few notes. I mean, no one's going to walk away saying she's the best singer on earth, but yeah. it's it deals with, you know, her, her upbringing, some of which is very sad. And I thought she handled it uh, very well. Jinx Monsoon is a drag race queen who can do these Dina Martina. You know, I mean, she, to, to be that young and have s- uh, one woman shows, yeah, or whether well, she does it with major scales, but mm-hmm. so f- so fully realized and smart that she's really impressive. Mm-hmm. Sadly, because the drag scene and and drag fans who only know drag race can be shallow.
0: Yeah,
1: I actually saw two, um, you know, like superficial looking gays. Sorry, but that's what they are. Um, uh, coming out of her show early, leaving it and saying, water her off a duck's back. I'm like, she's. I've seen that show. She's giving you all this and you want to relate it back to a dumb catchphrase, which wasn't even, you know, a catchphrase which showcased any of her wit or wisdom.
0: Yeah, it was like an anxiety tick. Yeah. I think that's one of the things I and a lot of people appreciate about you is that you're You're not afraid to, like, speak up and be political. Like, anyone that's seen your Twitter knows very much that you're a Bernie supporter. Uh, And there's not enough drag queens that are that vocal, I feel like.
1: But there are drag queens who support Bernie Sanders. Yeah. And a lot of them, a lot of young ones do. But this is the extent to which Bernie is smeared. You know, someone had the screenshots of Washington Post articles that were saying Bernie must, you know, decry his Russian supporters. Like right in the middle of this Mueller thing, which actually came to nothing. Yeah. But whatever it came to, Bernie Sanders was not involved in it. So we're painted as other. It's almost like we're shamed. And you know what? I'm not gonna be shamed. Yeah. I'm a progressive. A progressives who do you think got civil rights, women's voting rights, uh, faggots, uh, everything? Uh, you know, trans. <laughs> I mean, who do you think? Yeah. Who do you think got that? It wasn't. It wasn't centrists yeah. talking about incrementalism and ooh, let's wait on climate change. The DNC just voted down a climate change debate for yeah. the presidential candidates. Is that like an ad for the Green Party? My God, what the f- they're they're running around for the past week slamming Susan Sarandon because she introduced Bernie Sanders, yeah, and yet they Is is Susan Sarandon canceling the climate debate? When 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 the only Democratic candidate that was left was one that like Hillary that spread fracking? Well, no, that signal says Democrats don't care about uh, 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 climate change. With Obama as president, spreading fracking all over the world, you know. I mean, listen, I'm glad we're not getting all of it from other countries, I guess. Yeah. If we're going to use it, but isn't the goal of climate change to 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 transfer away from fossil fuels? Yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's. I think the thing with Bernie is that the establishment is just like so afraid of like someone that's like progressive that they will do whatever they can to like paint everyone as like doing more successful than him. Despite the fact that like if you pull people like most people like Bernie or like making him seem like, oh, like the whole stuff with his like playlist for his rallies like that he didn't have as much like women oh
1: oh, right it was a white male thing because you see the left and i am going to just distance myself from this right now yeah they are demonizing men yeah i am sick of people who are uh, i mean listen if you want to talk about one of the lines in wig the movie wig about Wigstock, has charlene incarnate Mm -hmm. um who's a great performer talking about, um, she has the line, masculinity is a sickness that's infecting the whole world. Now, I don't have to agree with everybody who performs in Wigstock, and I hope that I don't. Mm -hmm. But... If you want to say toxic masculinity is a sickness that's infecting the whole world, then I'll fight it with you. That what leads to rape, yeah. and that's that what leads to homophobia, transphobia, misogyny. It's all actually part of the same thing, isn't it? Yeah. You know. Um, but, but I'm not going to demonize half of the people who are men. Yeah. That's not a winning strategy for anybody. Call them out on their bullshit. Yeah. But no, men are not born wrong. No, they're not. Now, do we need to speak out what conditions them to get toxic? Well, Uh. sure, with brandishing guns and whatnot. It's not the gay girlfriends doing that, is it? Yeah. (laughs) But we also have to look at why these young men... Are disenfranchised, you know. I mean, it's a really lefty thing that they do in you know, uh, uh Denmark, mm-hmm. you know, when they had that, that flare up with Muslims, the cartoon, yeah, you know, and 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 all that. Well, they actually sought to they, they found some guys that were on like a terrorist watch list who were Muslim and tried to rehabilitate them, yeah. So, this is a lefty thing that the left, like, I think Elizabeth Warren and Bernie just came out with a needle exchange thing. When I first went to Seattle and saw a needle progressive, Seattle and went to a needle. Needle exchange. I was like, wow, so they're giving the needles out to the IV drug users so they don't get HIV. Isn't that kind of like saying... Um you know, wow, the government's going to pay for your, your, your IV drugs. Mm-hmm. It is, you know, but and so I wasn't used to that argument, but then when I realized they are going to infect themselves with these needles, so you do need to just give out fresh ones because they're not going to stop using drugs. And it's better to not have the drug epidemic spread along with an AIDS epidemic. Yeah, definitely. So, so, so now I understand that. You know, but, but this is what progressives are about. We're making the government work for people from the union workers who the Democratic Party on. Mm -hmm. That was their their base throughout my time growing up. And you know that's when they say, I grew up with commercials that said, buy the union label. And it was a, a thing to be proud of that you bought American Not because you were racist, but because you knew that if the people manufacturing your clothes and shoes and cars lived in your neighborhood, then they were taking those profits that you paid them and and taking it to your local butcher baker and candlestick maker. And everybody was living more lovely. Mm -hmm. So this is what this is the progressive goal. We want more. We want the government to do more for people. We want less money to go. To wars that, like Iraq, that no, we didn't have any reason to go in. We're still there. The world's lo- the U.S. longest war in history, Afghanistan war. Yeah. Now Trump has has suggested leaving that war, and some Democrats don't like that idea. Yep. Uh, what, what is what, what? No, no. Trump's not going to be more right than Democrats. Uh-huh. No, we got to call them out on that. I wish Bernie Sanders would stop calling himself a socialist. I really do. Um, you know, he's calling himself a democratic socialist. And, and Liz Warren is taking, calling herself a, a, a social Democrat.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, right. Okay. Yeah. Liz Warren has a plan. So do I. I plan not to vote for Liz Warren because <laughs> people want to weigh them up. Say, I'm glad her supporters think that we need a progressive. I'm glad they do because we do need reform. And at least she's calling for it. But she wasn't very progressive in 2016 yeah. when she endorsed Hillary. Uh-huh. uh and could have endorsed the most progressive candidate that I know of that's run who's brought progressive uh you know ideas like medicare for all mm-hmm. in the main now Liz Warren's walked back her support as had Kamala Harris and others but healthcare is the number one issue and who likes their private insurance that much who <laughs> likes having to stick with a spouse because they have good insurance through their work mm-hmm. who likes to stick with a job if they hate you know that they're being humiliated or there's no chance of rising or they m- want to move out of that city you know this is i I don't understand why people you know, think it's so great and the and and here's the sad thing look it up socialism is government public ownership of everything so you don't own your house Mm -hmm. you don't own your car ain't no bernie sanders ever suggesting anything like that yeah he wants a step towards socialized medicine and affordable free college uh, and and canceling student debt Mm -hmm. and you know what I love that he says stick to Medicare for all. I love that he says stick to canceling all student debt because no president's going to walk out in there no matter what their agenda is and say, "Okay, here's what I said in the campaign. Here's how it's going to go. Day 1, day 2." No, anything's going to be a compromise. Just don't compromise in the primaries. All people, you know, all candidates when they get into the if they win the primary and go to the general, yeah. that's when they pivot to the right to get a wider section of America. They're not just, you know, pandering to the Democrats only. They want independent swing voters, whatever. Yeah. So, but, you don't. Know, they've all walked back there. I mean, Mayor Pete, yeah. who I'm supposed to like because I'm gay. Oh, my God. Yeah. And he started his campaign saying, oh, you know, we don't need policies. We're going to um, be guided by our values. Meanwhile, you're a Christian gay.
0: Yeah. No, no thanks. A Christian gay who served in the military.
1: <laughs> who is well-spoken. Yeah.
0: But every story is about him. Mm -hmm. I'll
1: say one more thing about Bernie Sanders. It's been disputed that Sanders uh, has a media bias against him from the the thing that Democrats read most. New York Times, Washington Post, Daily Cost. just called. Their editor was just fired Mm -hmm. for calling Nina Turner, the uh, uh, Bernie surrogate, uh, a prostitute Hmm. in a tweet. So let's just take Bernie out of the equation and say the New York Times Bernie Sanders reporter, Sidney Ember, go to fair.org there's a whole thing by Katie Halper about how um, um, the New York Times reporter on Bernie Sanders, her husband's a hedge fund manager. She's interviewing lobbyists who are not even credited as lobbyists, you know, d- Democratic. Operatives. I mean, the New York Times actually printed something saying that th- that Pete Buttigieg and, you know, others, Claire Stabenow, Debbie Stabenow all, you know, we're part of a Stop Sanders movement. So let's take Bernie Sanders out of the equation and say, I don't know, the jury's out Mm -hmm. about whether you get, I mean, 16 Washington Post, the negative articles in 16 days. Okay, maybe, Could, could it possibly be that Jeff Bezos owns the Washington post and that Bernie Sanders got Amazon employees wages up to $15 an hour. Yeah. Could that have anything to do with it? Could, could, could it have anything to do with the fact that Bernie Sanders wants Amazon to pay more than the 0% taxes mm-hmm. that it's being paying that gigantic company? What could that fund? Yeah. Huh? What could that fund canceling one tenth of the debt? One let's go for it. Yeah. So it's like, what? Let's take Bernie out of the equation. Tell me the percentage of news anchors and pundits who regularly ex- on the media of the left, unquote, mm-hmm. whether that's MSNBC or to a lesser degree CNN, that extol the virtues of Medicare for all. Seventy percent of Americans support Medicare for all. That's even a majority of Republicans. Yeah. Why would the the, the left media not be talking about Medicare for all? They will talk about Bernie. They will talk, they will uh, smear anyone. If Liz, if Bernie's knocked out and Liz Warren's the progressive, yeah. you know, and she gets the nominee, trust me, if she's serious about Medicare for all, and there have been hints that she is not, yeah. um, they'll come after her then. Yeah. Because they, Democrats, listen, we can look at the NRA. And say so they've bought the Republicans. Of course they have. Of mm-hmm. course they have. Even the NRA members don't want those assault r- rifles uh, so r- readily available. Mm-hmm. But we have to realize that certain industries have bought the Democrats too, and their health care and Big Pharma.
0: Yep. <laughs> so <laughs> they're against progressive candidates, not just Bernie Sanders. I will. I will snap to that. <laughs> and we'll leave you with this final question. Yes. Uh, Do you have um, any uh, mementos? Yes, Bernie Sanders. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Do you have any mementos from your career so far? Oh shit, I thought
1: you were going to say momentum. I was like, no, I don't.
0: uh mementos from your career so far that mean a lot to you if yeah. so what are they and what's their significance
1: yes i have a diamond ring plastic given to me by carol channing when we worked together oh on gosh. the great lawn it was some big anniversary of gay queer queenery
0: i think that's a, a goal for oh, she, so many queer oh she
1: she kept she said in the dressing room she said um now you're not going to – I'm going to say that you're my good friend. Now, you're not going to say that we've never met when we get on stage, are you? I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to say anything you want,
0: you <laughs> celestial seasonings goddess bitch. She's
1: outrageous. Miss her.
0: Well, why do you think so many queens – because I've spoken to so many queens that like put her on a pedestal. Why do you think so many queens – loved carol so much well
1: honey put her in the dictionary and the definition of camp and Mm -hmm. do the 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 mat ball need to take a lesson from her uh charo Mm -hmm. signed something and i have pictures with charo wonder woman chaka khan patty labelle patty's my all-time idol in terms of showstopper and the drag queen who inspired me who is a trans woman uh so we do mix up the terms um uh, she did drag. Let's put it that way. Um, the would lip sync to Patty LaBelle's I Think About You or Over the Rainbow. So, um, I mean, she's She's the most bombastic <laughs> performer that I know. I mean, she's like one of the, I mean one of the most soulful to be. I mean, some people don't like the shrieking. Mm-hmm. It is histrionic, but if you're a drama queen and you like soul, she's the queen of rock and soul.
0: Mm-hmm. Where can the people find you, follow you, see you, etc.
1: They can see me performing at Bushwig in Brooklyn, the drag festival. I don't know the day I'm there. Um, They can see me DJing for the next three Sundays, 6 to 10 p.m. at the Monster, which is a wonderful, tacky and disco, boogie down in a basement, dress up, don't need to. I'm there carrying on. It's really a hoot very unpretentious and I asked some 60 year old guy with a great outfit can I take your picture and he was like yeah but he didn't stop dancing <laughs> everyone now is ready with their like model trout pout pose and I'm like this guy's like you want to take my picture because I'm dancing I'm dancing yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. cool thank you
0: <laughs> thank you so much for your time You're so something-